fantasy genre is vast, complex, and has existed for time immemorial. It is a way to escape the drudgery of everyday life, but also a method humanity uses to examine itself in interesting, boundary-shattering ways. We are fascinated with the heights of glory we can rise to, with the depths of depravity in which we sometimes fall. Fantasy gives us an opportunity to reflect on these themes, and let's face it, it's also just plain old fun. Join us weekly on Fridays for the Fantasy in General podcast, where we discuss all things fantasy in general. Thank you so much, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Fantasy in General. Welcome back to the Fig Pod. Where we discuss all things fantasy. In general. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What's up? Uh, Not a ton. Uh, We had some snow today where I live in Colorado, and that was pretty cool. Okay. Uh, The kids definitely enjoyed it. Every time the snow still holds magic for them. So every time they see snow, they get excited. You know what? It snow is awesome, you know, super cool. But I don't know. And maybe if you live in an area that it does a lot, I don't know. But snowfall is magical. Yeah, I can agree with that. When you see the flurries in the air and stuff. Yeah. Like when it like when it first starts, you know, and like mm-hmm. the first flakes are coming down slowly. I mean, I'm not saying blizzard or anything, but no, no, yeah. just like a pleasant little snow globe type of experience. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. With the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, you guys make snowballs or anything? I did not. Um, my kids, I'm sure, did something like that at school. At what point in an area that actually gets snow is school canceled? Uh, they would. There would have to be no way for them to clear the road for that to be canceled. But when there's snow, you know, there's um, <clears throat> the Colorado Department of Transportation busts out snowplow trucks and they go and they clear the highways. Oh, okay. And like so they're, quick. yeah, in a place where there's snow or the possibility of snow, they're like very much equipped for it and know what to do when it happens. Pretty, whereas pretty like, prepared. Whereas like if the type of the, and we didn't get a ton of snow today, we got yeah. a, a thin layer of it, but yeah. you know, the snow that we got today would have shut down. Oh, the city Absolutely. of Bakersfield. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's scared. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, do you guys like salt the roads there and stuff too? Uh, they do. Oh, they uh, do. Okay. I just I don't didn't know. know if that was more of like an icing thing or if it's snow too or what. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know when and how they determine to. I've not seen them do it, but I've heard that yeah. they do it. Oh, okay. I've definitely seen the snow plow trucks. Oh, really? Like today? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like today. Yeah. Oh, there was Driving like enough on. today for snow plow trucks. <clears throat> yeah, because it still makes the road slick. You know, the ice oh, does. That's true. 
or the or the snow does. So they they come and they just kind of shove it off to the side to the to the roadsides and have they you just bought, do it on the main thoroughfares, huh? Have you bought a snow shovel or like? Do you perceive having to shovel your driveway? You know, like in movies, like Home Alone. Like, you know what I mean? Um, As far as I know, it rarely gets that thick here. Okay. Like in, like in one, in no. one snow. Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, there are some places where, you know, overnight, you know, they'll get a foot or two of snow. Yeah. And we don't. As far as I know, we don't get, we get on average, I think like 30 something inches a year, hmm. which I might, like that's kind of, a fair which, amount. yeah, it sounds like a lot, but that's, you know, over the course yeah. of an entire winter, you well, know, it's like enough to not hate it, you know, see, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's not ruining your life. Yeah. I don't think my wife could take living in a place like Wisconsin where you definitely have to shovel your driveway to be able to, to leave your house. No way. No way. Uh, yeah, that would be a bummer. Well, you know, nice and clear skies over here. Very nice. What was your high today? You know what? The last two days have been chilly. Okay. Well, I can't say that to you, but you know, when it's like, it's not necessarily super, super cold, but it just has that bone chilling aspect in the air. Oh, yeah. The you wind just chill. just can't yeah. warm up. Yeah. Uh, today's was 55. Tomorrow's 52. Okay. So we're in a little cold streak right now for us. <laughs> a little cold streak. Yeah. Although your low on Friday is two. So. Yeah, it gets, yeah, over the weekend here, it's supposed to get pretty chilly at night. But I it's wanna... to the point. Go it's ahead. Weird. I was just going to say, it's weird how your body adjusts because it does get so cold at night, you yeah. know? Like, it's been dropping down to, like, the 20s and the teens, the high teens at night. But, yeah, we're yeah. starting to get even colder than that. During the day, you get a high, like, 30 degrees. And it feels good to you? feels warm. Like it feels no, kind of warm. That's, but that's gross, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're, it's because it's <clears throat> you're in the sunlight, you know. Like when it's daytime, the sun's shining, mm. but it's still like thirty degrees, thirty thirty five degrees, or something like that. You actually feel like, whew! I kind of need to turn the air conditioning a little bit. I'm sweating a little bit in my car. Like you're gonna take off your jacket. Oh yeah, I don't. I usually don't wear a jacket to work. I wear a long sleeve shirt and a in, but in vest. you're in the car, you know, right? Oh yeah. I mean, when, if I had you to leave your home. Oh, okay. So it, when you're outside, you have a coat on at least. I mean, it depends. I'll stand around outside during the day if it's in the sunlight. In the shade, yeah, a jacket would be nice. Like, yes. there's a significant difference mm -hmm. between being in the sun and when it's in the shade or overcast. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, 30 is below freezing. I don't think yes. I can get on. But also, I'm a very cold person. So is my wife, yeah. I feel like I'm cold-blooded, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't regulate my own body temperature, I don't think. <laughs> You're reptilian? <laughs> yeah, I need like a like a heating pad or like a like a warm rock to lay on almost. 
like my son's that. bearded dragon? Yeah, I mean, maybe I would thrive with him. Did you have a heating pad for your python? No, a lamp, though. A lamp? Yeah, so it was pretty simple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anything else? I mean, we were kind of chatting before that it's a boring week, but that's kind of a good thing nowadays. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It's for sure been a little bit of a slower week, but that's okay. Yeah. Totes. Oh, you know what I do want to talk to you about, though, real quick, before we get into mad mashups. Uh And I know that we, uh, you know, we talked during the week anyway, and I kind of mentioned this, but Andor is amazing. Yeah, you said that. It's the Star Wars story that we needed. Oh, dear. Okay, because here's the thing. I mean, it's, I mean, we all, it's not going to give away anything, but... You know, it's the Star Wars story that speaks to uh, the common individual, you know, the small person and the need of smaller players doing what they need to do. Okay. I, I don't know. It was just man. <clears throat> no, I think I know what you're talking about. Like it's. Instead of like the lofty world of yeah, it's not like the Luke Skywalker. It's not Leia Organa. It's not these big players doing all these fancy things. It's this small person from this small planet doing what they need to do and rising up. You know? Yeah, that is pretty cool. Man, you won't regret it. I can tell you that much. Okay. You won't regret it. It's all right. A, I trust you. Love the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett watched one episode. I was like, no, can't do it. Not my jam. No. So this one took me a while, but I'm on. I'm fully on board. Are you like Colin where it is challenging for your favorite thing? Star Wars? No, I don't think so, but... I like it in a similar way to Rogue One in that it's the backstory that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. Like why these things happened in A New Hope or why, you know, like, yeah, A New Hope is the big story, but here are all the supporting characters. Yeah. So... And maybe how they're even impacted by the big stuff that's going on. and Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Good stuff. I will watch it. I need to. My time has been limited as of late, but I will well, make an I effort. I don't know why. You don't know why? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just joking. All right. Well, anything else from you? Uh, no, not that and I can we, think and, of. I mean, we both still need to uh, do some rings of power stuff, but we you haven't do. mustered up the courage for that. No, not yet, but we do need to watch it for <laughs> sure. Do. All right, well, let's get into some mad mashups. Okay, let's do it.
All right. And here we are for uh, M squared. Oh, dear. Oh, no. That's not going to stick. <laughs> M squared. <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for one of Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. No, you're fine. You know me. I like to abbreviate almost everything. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. On three, you say character, I say setting. Okay. Ready. One, two, three. Spock. Planet Hoth attacking, attacked by AT-ATs. Oh, okay. So which side is Spock on? Dang, that's a good question. It has to be versus, right? Or, I mean, just what would he do? He's just in the middle of that, you know? He's in the middle of that scene from Empire Strikes Back. He just apparates. We'll just mash up a few things. Well, in uh, Star Wars, they don't apparate. No, I know. Yeah, I'm just saying. Or Star Trek, I mean. They don't apparate, they energize. I'm just trying to like triple, triple dip, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Anyway. Um, Okay. Yeah, what what would he do? You know Trek stuff way more than me. So, what side would he choose? I mean, Spock is a is a good person. Yeah. Um, but he has no background knowledge of what the heck is going on. No, that's very true. So, he would need to try to quickly assess the situation mm-hmm. to determine because here's the thing. Spock is good, but he's also a part of essentially, you know, sort of an empire. Uh, yeah. The Federation. Yeah. Um, so he's a and, fan. Yeah. he Well, yeah, he's a fan of that type of thing, apparently. Um, but in the Star Trek universe, the Federation has done a lot of good. Um, I'm sure depending upon who you ask in That's the Star Wars I'm... universe, the empire has done well, too. That's what I was going to say. Um, so man, I don't know. I think, I mean, Spock would potent probably side with the people in the uniforms, assuming that they're good, mm. maybe. Okay. Okay. So he'd swing up, you know, uh, would he try to get into an ad at? Gosh. See, I don't know, because if he sees people like screaming and stuff like that and also sees this sort of mechanical animal. Yeah, like that's kind of menacing, right? Against just small human beings. He might uh, decide to go against them. One thing I think Spock would do is he would try to find a place of cover so that he could assess the situation and try to make... Are you serious? I'm sorry. She decided to open a box like, <laughs> like right in the background. <laughs> oh my gracious. Himes. Classic. Anyways. Classic Himes. Can you tell everybody? Uh, I don't know. Does there, can everybody know? Uh 
what's in the box. Yeah. I mean, if we're doing an unboxing, by all means. We are doing an unboxing. So we live in Colorado now. So I was able to buy my kids snow toys. Oh, there are snow toys? Snowball maker. Snowball maker. Like, you know, when you go to the beach, hey, Cali people, you know, when you go to the beach and there's like molds, you know, sand castles. I've I've never thought of this. Snow castles. Oh. You can make a penguin. How cute is that? That is super cute. I've never thought of this before. That that would be a thing. So it's pretty much, I mean, what I'm looking at are, are sand toys. Yes. Marketed for snow. Probably more expensive. Yes. Because it's snow. Because it's snow. Yeah. I just got, yeah, I just got gypped. And they had a little kid doing a snow pose. She got ripped off. Striking the snow pose. But you better believe these snowball makers are going to come in handy. I was just asking if you guys made snowballs today. No. I said that I didn't, but I don't know if the kids did at school. Oh, my kids definitely. Most of the kids show up at school, walk straight to the building when they're Yeah, snow. like it's not cool, right? No, my kids <laughs> That's are like psychopaths. They're like running laps. Going <laughs> <laughs> in the air. These kids from California, give me a break. Yes. <laughs> it's I leave them. I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's funny. Okay, sorry for the Okay, unboxing. well, if you know we have listeners from all over the place but those in california um be aware that there are in fact snow toys indeed some places in california might know that but well that's true i guess yeah that's true I don't know why you said good grief. I don't know what I did. <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying she keeps breaking down this stupid box in the background. I don't know if anybody can hear it in the microphone. I, I cannot hear it. So I think we're in the clear. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, yeah. Spock is given a blaster. What does he do? Oh, he can own people. Yeah. Does he get to bring his own weapon? Yeah, sure. Well, yeah, we'll his, let him. His phaser that can be switched from stun to kill? Yeah, we'll let him. Well, I mean, would he go for stun or assessing the situation you think he would kill? I think Spock is typically more likely to use stun in mm-hmm. the beginning. Okay. Um, until he, Unless he determines that it's necessary for him to use lethal force. Okay. I mean, the stun's pretty gnarly. I mean, you get stunned and you are stunned. You are out. Yeah. For a period of time. I mean, my thing, I guess, you know, thinking about this is that if one happens upon this scene without knowing any background to the situation, what side would you actually take? Yeah. Because my inclination, here's my two sides, and I know which one I would lean towards. Okay. Okay. There are these human beings being attacked by these giant mechanical monsters. 
clearly clearly unfair so my inclination is that those in the giant mechanical monsters are probably not that great of people yeah but also they're winning so oh gosh (laughs) i would probably head that way personally uh to the winning side yeah wow great that's good to know i guess well i mean you know to an extent if things ever get crazy, we know that Kelly will or Kelsey will just switch over to yeah. whatever side's winning, a la Benedict Arnold. Uh I mean if I don't know what's going on, I wanna be alive enough that I would try I would kind of figure that out. Yeah. Spock is very analytical, extremely logical, obviously, as a Vulcan. Yeah. So he's going to apply those types of skills to the situation to try to figure out, you know, try to figure out which side do I take? Do I sit this one out? Do I just try to find a place to to hunker down? Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that that would be his logical choice? I think that if he could find a place to basically hide or take cover if he could not determine which side he felt was the right side Mm -hmm. i don't think he would i don't think he would interfere because one of spock's the prime directive of starfleet Mm -hmm. of which spock is an officer Mm -hmm. um is to not interfere with other worlds and Mm -hmm. cultures to not to not um you know, for example, and I'm thinking about the second movie, the second Star Trek movie, um, Into Darkness, mm-hmm. uh, second the one of, of the newer Star Trek movies yeah, with yeah. Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and Zoe Saldana and Simon Pegg. Um, sorry, I had to get Simon Pegg's name in there. <laughs> There's a point where they're trying to save a planet from a volcano erupting. Yeah. And they're trying to do it. It's a very primitive culture that lives there, like a Stone Age culture. Yeah. On this planet. And so they're trying to save this planet without anybody knowing they're there. Hmm. So they've got the Starship Enterprise, which is a flying city, you know, under the water. Yeah. Um, And they're... So they're hiding and stuff like that. Well, it gets to a point, crazy things happen... Uh, basically, they they want to save Spock, and Kirk goes, basically, screw this. I don't care if these people see see us. And so the Starship Enterprise just like rises up out of the ocean and flies over the the land to the volcano to rescue Spock. And this tribe of people sees the Starship Enterprise, and then. Kirk's like, it's going to be no big deal. And Spock's like, you violated the prime directive. And uh, the next scene is this ancient culture, like this really primitive culture drawing a shape of <laughs> enterprise and bowing down to it and worshiping <laughs> it. And so anyways, all that story to say that Spock, I think, would probably err on the side of caution. Yeah. And not get involved if he doesn't feel like it's appropriate yeah but i also think that spock 
if Spock saw suffering that he thought was unjust, I think he would mm-hmm. probably intervene. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Any, do you have any other thoughts on it? I mean, I, I'll just have to agree and defer to you on that. I mean, you know Spock much more than I do. Which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And I got to, you know, change that. Yes. Soon. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I, it was interesting to hear, you know, kind of what side he would choose, I guess, if he did have to or... And also taking the perspective of, you know, it's easy to say what side we would choose if we were in that situation. But what if you had no background knowledge of what was going on? Yeah, if you just were dropped into this situation, what would you do? Yeah, I wouldn't side with the humans being torn apart by giant beasts. Yeah, machine-like machine or beast-like machines. Beast I guess is like, more what they yeah, would do. Yeah, not machine-like beasts. Beast-like machines, yeah. Um, yeah. I will say this about Spock. If he mm-hmm. did make a decision as to which side he was going to be on, he could wreck some worlds. I was going to say he would own them. He's a pretty powerful fighter. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay. Vulcans right. are considerably stronger than the average human. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he would do some damage regardless. He can also do a mind meld. Okay. So I wonder if he would try to do that to try to figure out what's going on. Like he can walk up and touch you and read your thoughts and he can share his thoughts with you. I could just see him walking up to Princess Leia and just. (laughs) Just like on her covers her face. (laughs) Han's like, hey, pal, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing there? <laughs> Pointy ear. Uh, that would be a funny scene. Absolutely. That would be. Man, there needs to be some fan fiction about this. Come there on, guys. Does. I, we're giving so many opportunities with this. We are. We truly are. All that we ask is that you put us, like, you know, in the forward, I guess. Yeah. Or dedication. Give us a little acknowledgement. That's it. That's all that we want. Yeah. Also a portion of the proceeds. But I was going to say, it, I mean, we don't need the money, but if you want to give us some, we're not going to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be mad about it at all. Yeah. So um, anyway, you know what? I forgot to mention. What's that? So not related, but on Spotify, apparently there's a new feature. Uh, where you can like answer questions or something uh-huh uh okay so it automatically i was trying to figure out this is how i'm just old and i just there were question marks on our episode and i didn't know what that meant but it means that there's a question that listeners can answer i guess okay oh and uh we have one and i should have said this a while ago but i didn't know what it meant let me see where is it let me find it. Hold on. Okay. We have one on our Happy Thanksgiving episode from our friend Sophie. Oh, okay. Uh, so the question, I guess the automatic question uh, is, what did you think about this episode? Okay. Okay. And she put, I'm very curious how this works. I never used the Spotify comment section before. Neither have we. 
And then she no, put a, a laughing face with the tears coming out. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to say, oops. I just wanted to say thank you for the great entertainment. You've been my top podcast and my Spotify wrapped this year. Ooh. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, pretty stoked about that. Thanks, Thank you, Sophie. Sophie. Yeah, thanks for listening. We appreciate That's, it. We do. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we continue to entertain. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. Yeah. Knock on wood. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, let's take a quick break before we get into the... Meat. Of our episode. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are continuing our journey uh, with villains. I didn't know how, what kind of sentence I would make with that. The baddies, villains we love to hate. Yes. Yeah. Baddies, villains we love to hate. There we go. There we go. All right. uh, So who do we have this week? This week we have a classic iconic character from a beloved book and film well now multiple books Mm -hmm. um the wicked witch of the west here we go otherwise known as alphaba Mm -hmm. yeah just uh you know defying gravity one day at a time okay (laughs) it's from the it's from the broadway production Oh, okay. I would, I I would sing it, but I'm not nearly as good as um oh what are their names? Kristen, Kristen Chenoweth. Chenoweth. Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth or uh who is she? Adina Menzel. Thank you. Gosh, what is my problem? Yeah. <laughs> I would go you know what? No, I'm not gonna try. No, I was about to try, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm a little yeah. disappointed. Just no, see, ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> it already oh, cracked. Wow. It already cracked. No. It was <laughs> off to a poor start. It was, but you could have saved it. A very bad start. I need to do some, you know, um, some warm up, maybe drink some uh, warm, like hot water with honey, you know, things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's the real problem. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. Not the fact that's... that I have no business singing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Wicked Witch of the West. So this is going to be an interesting one because we have the Wicked Witch of the West as we know her from The Wizard of Oz or the book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, okay? Okay. Period, point blank, the end. Right. Wrong. Along comes Wicked. Oh, yeah. Which gives her some redeeming qualities. So we'll have a quick discussion at the end on ratings, on what we're going to do there. But I think that it's important to consider all aspects of literature and film. True. I would agree. So, I mean, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where we stand at the end of the episode. Yeah. All right. So uh, background. 
What's background? Well, she is. Um, is she the main character of the Wonderful Wizard of Oz? Well, the main, like the main antagonist, like one okay, of she's the, the main. main okay, yeah. Yeah. the main antagonist in the Wonderful Wizard of Oz in the movie, The Wizard of Oz. Yes, um, she is the sister of the Wicked Witch of the East, mm-hmm. who we discover pretty early at this point, guys. Which is crazy to think about. The Wizard of Oz is over 80 years old. Over 80 years old. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's been around for a while, so no spoilers. Yeah. And the book's I been mean, around yeah, for a while. Yeah, you haven't, I, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Yeah. So we find out that the Wicked Witch of the East is killed by Dorothy upon her arrival in Oz. <laughs> Like, kind of ish, you know? Like, not on purpose. It was not intentional. It was a house that smashed her. Because, yeah. I mean, she's supposed to be, like, 12 years old, right? Uh, Dorothy's pretty young, yeah. She's yeah. very young in the story. I think actress was 16, but maybe she was meant to be 12 or so. It was something like that. So, like, you know, a child. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not not a murdering type, I'll, I guess I'll say. No, no. But for Elphaba, or the Wicked Witch of the West, this is motivation for yeah. her to get revenge on Dorothy. Fair. As well as to get the ruby slippers. Yes. Yep. They were ruby in the movie, mm-hmm. but what were they in the book? So in the book, uh, they were actually just silver shoes. Okay. And, uh, and we'll get more into it, but they were kind of like a hand blown glass shoes, super special. Okay. Uh, and then we'll also talk about why they're Ruby in the film, but you know, that was a big change from the book to the movie. Cause you know, those slippers are really a big part of it. They are. And yeah. it's crazy. The, the power of that film has had is the Ruby slippers is now the iconic image that you have from the wizard of Oz. I mean, it shows how important a good shoe could be to an outfit. Really? Oh dear. Is that it? Okay. <laughs> it Is really that the big takeaway? How it could really just pull it together. If you take nothing else away from this episode, remember that the power of a good shoe. Oh gracious. Yeah. Okay. The power <laughs> of kicks. There we go. Oh dear. <laughs> yes. She knows. Alphaba knows. Okay. Well, what else do we know about the Wicked Witch of the West? So really mostly from the book, you know, she's in league with the Wicked Witch of the East, the South, the North. A lot of Wicked Witches, you know, directional wise. uh, And their goal is to conquer Oz and to divide, you know, that amongst themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But... You know, so obviously we don't in the movie in particular, we don't get a lot of background on the no. Wicked Witch of the West. Um, it's just she's green, she wears all black, she looks evil. So and she, you know, the laugh doesn't help her case, I don't think. No. Yeah. So I'll get you, my pretty. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, she doesn't help herself in that at all. Uh, But Wicked is where we really see 
her background and what she's yes. about. Uh-huh. Um, we're gonna we're gonna call it canon. I think at this point it is. Right. Okay. I I mean, is it? I I don't know. I mean, um, oh, who wrote the Wizard of Oz? Was it Frank L. Baum? Was that his name? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he obviously passed away long before Wicked was a thing. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. He did, wasn't able to give it his seal of approval. I don't know if his, you know, how there's like a Tolkien estate. Yes. It has yeah. to like give its blessing to things, all things yeah. related to Lord of the Rings. I don't know if there's such a thing that exists for for Frank L. Baum and his family, but yeah, I'm not super sure on that. I I would like to think that he enjoys a good musical, you know, a good okay. theater production. Uh, the you know there is a book Wicked, along with two subsequent books. Um, Which the book inspired the musical. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the musical does take some liberties. Obvious. I mean, the book is very long. It's a very big book. Um, uh-huh. But uh overall i mean it's it's good entertaining i get it you know i get it yeah we'll call it canon we'll call it canon for the sake of argument Uh, we'll call it canon yes uh and under our authority there you go yeah uh so you know Whatever. I mean, it's been out for a while. Whatever. It's revealed that the Wizard of Oz is the true father of Elphaba. That's, you know, way further along in the book. But we're talking background. Okay? Correct. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, Mom was married, but not to the wizard. Okay. She took some potions, things like that. They were green. You know, bada bing, bada boom, alphaba, green skin. Okay. Yeah. So she was born with green skin, sharp teeth, and savage. She was described as savage, and she was also terrified of water, even as an infant. So she knew. Yep, she knew. She knew. Uh, She also had a little sister called Nessa. Okay, so we'll get Okay. more into Nessa later. Uh, but yeah, her little sister was Nessa. Uh, so then what happens with Alpha? Well, she ends up going to school. And she goes to school with Glinda, who we learn is the good witch. Yeah. In the story of the Wizard of Oz. Glinda yeah. is her roommate. Yeah. And uh, they did not like each other. No. They did not like each other at first, but they eventually become best friends. Yes. Yeah. And she gets involved in sort of some of the politics that are going on in the land of Oz in the story. Uh, she becomes a huge supporter of animal rights mm-hmm. um, because the Wizard of Oz was promoting animal discrimination in the yes. land of Oz. Yeah. So, you know, in in the book and uh, the musical, but in Wicked, one of uh, Elphaba's main teachers was a goat and a talking goat, you know, a goat with human. What do you say that? Per- Anthropomorphic. There we go. Properties. 
Uh, and in the book, it's interesting because those and not all animals have that, but those animals have a capital A connected to them. And mm-hmm. those that do not are um, just lowercase a for animals. But okay. anyway, so uh, in the process of the whole book, as the animals are kind of losing their rights and their power, they start reverting back to more animalistic tendencies. They start losing their speech, um, things like that. And so Alphaba uh, and Galinda were kind of mortified by that. And kind of hopped on board uh, because the Wizard of Oz actually wasn't that great. Yeah. 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 The Wizard of Oz is not necessarily a great fella in the book. No. No. And so that's kind of, you know, the most interesting. I think to me, the most interesting part of the background is, you know, things aren't always as they seem, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so anyway, so let's talk more about the shoes where, you know, we get a lot of background on the shoes in this too. Yes, we do. So Elphaba's father, who we've learned is the Wizard of Oz, gifted her sister, Nessa, a beautiful pair of shoes. And it became Elphaba's obsession and later demise to possess them. Yes. Yeah. And I, well, sorry, I, so I kind of did this part of the outline, her father, who she thought was her father, because she didn't find out about, yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Kind of, kind of her father, who she wanted to gain that, uh, you know, relationship with everything like that, but that he, he rejected her and kind of favored her sister more. Yes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So there's a lot that passes in between that, Mm -hmm. like after that. But eventually what happens is a storm drops a house on Nessa. Yes. With this point is the Wicked Witch of the East. Mm -hmm. And Glinda is there when this occurs. Mm -hmm. And she takes the ruby shoes and gives them to Dorothy for safekeeping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at this point, (laughs) Glinda... Alphaba, super chill, great friends. Yeah, yeah, they're very good friends. Um, and but this action on Glinda's part enrages Alphaba, mm-hmm. and she learns of it while visiting with Glinda at the funeral for her sister. Yeah, yeah. So, because originally yeah. Nessa, you know. She talked about the slippers and things like that, and it it was kind of promised to Alphaba, if I remember correctly. Um, and so, unknowingly, Glinda messed up. Yes. On this one. Indeed, yes, she did. Um, and uh, you have in here a line, the last lines of Wicked. What are those? Yeah, so, you know, all, and so obviously from there, you know, we know that all of the things from the Wizard of Oz transpire, Uh, so we're not going to go through that. We all kind of know the Wizard of Oz, you know, and then Mm -hmm. she melts, Um, but 
the last line in Wicked is, and then, or, and there the wicked old witch stayed for a good long time. And did she ever come out? Not yet. So. Yeah. Is she really gone? I, it would appear as though that is not the case. It's a big question mark to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, so that's kind of the background that we have. Obviously, that was a very quick, especially as far as Wicked. Wicked is a lot. It goes into a lot. That's very rough. But Very rough? Well, like a rough outline. I oh, guess, okay. Of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the important parts that pertain mostly to the Wizard of Oz, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about her personality. What do you okay. what do you feel about her? Um, well, she's evil, or at least has a very strong evil streak running through her. Like it, we talked about before, she is described as savage. Yeah, and we definitely see that coming out. Come out. She mm-hmm. straight up sets the scarecrow on fire at yeah. one point in the story. I mean, that's um, not defendable, you know? Yeah, I mean, she's she's going for murder here. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's going doing. she's going for murder here. Yeah. Um, she does have some sidekicks, like mm-hmm. good arch villains do. Yeah. Uh, her sidekicks Always. are Nico. Yeah. The Flying Monkeys. Mm-hmm. The iconic Flying Monkeys from the movie. And the Winky Guards. Yes. Yeah. So they're kind of all her like minions, you know. I would call yes. Nico and the Winky Guards her minions. Flying monkeys, maybe under her powers. Yeah, probably, you know? possibly, definitely under uh, her sway. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Um, so she definitely has some people backing her up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. she has some forces, some powerful forces for sure. Yeah. Would you put in her personality, oh, I guess this doesn't fall in her personality, but I don't know. Would you say misunderstood? I mean, maybe to a, yeah, to a certain extent, I would say so. Her motivations are probably misunderstood. But, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later, but does that excuse her actions though? That's true. I mean, I think that maybe she's perhaps impulsive, it seems uh-huh. like. You know, uh, her actions against, we're going off wicked here, Glinda for giving Dorothy the slippers. I mean, how long have you been friends with Glinda? First of all, you can't like hear her out for a minute before you go trying to murder people. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I don't know. But if she (laughs) thought that Dorothy was going to take the slippers, which have some powers you know to the wizard of oz who we know is really the bad guy how would you react yeah i don't know i yeah i guess i don't know either but i can't say that setting somebody on fire would ever be you know socially or and it just morally and in any way yeah 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 So that's kind of her personality and the yeah. the forces she has on her side. What do we know about her physical appearance? 
So in the books, uh, she's described as a hideous form. Uh, She has an enchanted eye that can see vast distances beyond her castle walls. So she's kind of all seeing. Uh Um, She's depicted as a paunched old hag with three pigtails and an eye patch. Mm. Um, Baum himself specified that she only had one eye, but that it was, of course, as powerful as a telescope. Um, So, yeah, I mean, really not nice looking at all. No, it does not sound like it in any way, shape or form. My thing is like, so she had an eye patch, but she had one eye. So was she covering something else and the one eye was exposed or like what was going on there? You know? Yeah, I'm not sure. It almost seems like based upon the description of her in in the original book that the movie actually kind of toned down her appearance a little bit. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she seems. I I like this. I yeah. like the three pigtail things. Like, why? Why <laughs> was that? You know, because <laughs> it's so it's odd and strange. So, you don't see it very so often. So terrifying. Three yeah. of them. No, please. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. But how do we see her in the film then? Well, she is stooped. She's often yeah. walking with her head forward and her shoulders kind of hunched. Uh, she is very expressive with her hands in the movie. Uh, yeah. She has br- bright green skin mm-hmm. and uh, is dressed all in black. Yeah. Pointed black hat, black robe, dress, whatever you want to refer it to as. Sort of really the iconic image of a witch when you think of a witch. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is that kind of the basis? You know, is that where that came from? I think it's probably, yeah, the, like the, the impetus for the commercial witch that you see yeah. all over the place is my guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we talked about witches and this is kind of definition of that. <clears throat> yeah. And I, we may have mentioned this in a previous episode and I think you might've even looked it up. Um, but I think I remember reading something at one point that said that people like film experts uh speculate that the wizard of oz is the most watched film of all time oh yeah yes yeah so it was a major had a major cultural impact and uh my husband actually was looking up you know as we were researching this and he said uh the wicked witch was so impactful because for a lot of children um this was their first visual introduction to a villain. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, because this was, I mean, like you said, over 80 years ago. Yeah, I want to say The Wizard of Oz came out in, was it 1939, 1937? I'm going to look it up right now. 1939. Mm. Wizard of Oz. 1939. Wow. That's crazy. It's a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Really? I mean, it's good. Have your kids seen it? Uh, They have seen it once, I believe. Yeah. They've definitely seen it once. I don't know if they've seen it more than that. I don't know if my kids have. Hmm. 
<laughs> well, time to find out. Yeah, for sure. Those flying monkeys, though, they'll get you. That was what I was scared of. I don't. Yeah, care they about were creepy. Witch. They're when you're a little kid, they're kind of creepy. I don't care about the witch. I care about those flying monkeys. Yeah, I know. They're kind of like, oh dang, what yeah. in the world is happening? That was the worst. <laughs> um. So, okay. So yeah. powers and abilities. Let's yes. talk about them. So what can she do? Well, she can fly on a broomstick. Yep. Um. Although in the book, she uses an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she has, huh? Interesting. Yes. Yeah. She has a crystal ball so she can see other things happening in other parts of the land of Oz. Mm-hmm. Um, she is also a very powerful sorceress with the yes. ability to cast spells. We see her, uh, create fireballs with her hands and mm-hmm. shoot them out at people and things. Uh, she can make black smoke come out of her broom kind of like a Batman thing almost. You make some smoke and disappear. And uh, she can control animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very true. Um, but most of her power resides in the creatures that she controls. She has, these are some of the things that it's a reference to that she has sway over, power and sway over. 40 great wolves, a swarm of black bees. Oh, flock of 40 crows and an army of winkies which can you describe what a winky is it's like the the guards of the of her castle you know that you see in the movie all the guards and yeah yeah so those are winkies um she also possesses the enchanted golden cap which compels the winged monkeys to obey her hmm so Yeah, she exercises power and influence over quite a considerable force, uh, which makes her quite dangerous. She basically has her own private army. Yeah, which uh, is interesting because she was such a proponent for the animal rights that I'm wondering where that plays into that. Um, I know that I have the book Wicked and I, I think I read I read through it all the way. Uh, But yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's it is interesting to think about. I wonder what the twist on that is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're more animalistic and not as Mm -hmm. not as human. Yeah. Yeah. And so she doesn't have as big of a deal exercising her control over them. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Okay, so her downfall, uh, I mean, clearly her biggest one is water, you know. Oh, yeah. Melt just completely melts her. I'm melting. I'm (laughs) melting. Yeah. Um, And but also, you know, her. As we learn from Wicked is her need for her father's love and approval through those shoes. Uh huh. Because yeah. what we see is when Nessie Nessie gets a gift, or Nessa, sorry, Nessa gets a gift, and it's the shoes, and Alphaba looks in the package to see if there's anything for her. Oh, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. So that kind of starts all of that. And yeah. really, the, the events of the Wizard of Oz are because of these shoes. Yeah. So, I mean... 
I feel as though, you know, as we learn from Wicked, she's such a proponent for so many big things and important things. But man, that one, that one thing was her downfall, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was the sort of the deep seated Mm -hmm. issue that was that was going on inside of her. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that need for approval. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about some fun facts. Oh, I mean, yeah. There, there are quite a few of these for for Dear Alphaba. There are quite a few. Yeah. She's been around for a long time. What's the what's the first one? So the American Film Institute did a. I don't know if it was a survey or what they did, but they made a list of 100 years, 100 heroes and villains countdown. Yeah. Alphaba. Mm. ranks number four among the 100 greatest heroes of the last hundred years. Uh, She is the highest rated female villain. And she is behind only such immortal film villains as number one, Hannibal Lecter, Mm -hmm. number two, Norman Bates, and number three, Darth Vader. Man. So she's in some pretty lofty company. How do you feel about that? What do you mean? That's pretty intense to be up it there with intense. them. It is intense, but like I think, I think because of I'm I'm totally fine with it because I think of what we talked about a few minutes ago about how <clears throat> impactful and influential the Wizard of Oz film was. That's how true. iconic it became, and she became basically the archetypal witch. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That is true. Very true. Yeah. When you think of a, when anybody, I think almost anybody thinks of a witch, the first vision that comes to their mind is green skin, pointy black hat, black clothes flying on a broomstick. And that's the wicked witch of the West. That's true. And that cackle. Mm hmm. The cackle. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, the Power Rangers villainous Dendora. Uh, okay. Was inspired by the Wicked Witch as well. Okay. Uh, she also appeared in the Lego Batman movie as a villain. And she appeared in Space Jam A New Legacy as well. <laughs> <laughs> in the and scam. that scene with all those characters. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, we've talked about that. What an eye roll of a scene. But anyway. That was Warner Brothers going, see all this stuff Jeez, we have? That was stupid. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. I mean, do they... Never mind. I'm No. Do they really think we're that dumb, you know? I don't know. I mean, I mean, probably some of them, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and also just trying to stimulate interest in their vast catalog. Like, hey, look at all this cool stuff we own. You might want to go check that out, too. I guess. Annoying. Anyway, okay, so what else? Well, as we discussed earlier, the famous sequined shoes were originally silver, like they are in the Oz books. They were going to be silver in the films. However, MGM Studios, which has, I, I believe their catalog was purchased by Warner Brothers, Uh, The MGM studio head, iconic MGM studio head, Louis B. Mayer, Mm -hmm. wanted to show off 
Technicolor, mm-hmm. this new technology in film called Technicolor. So he changed the hue of the shoes to Fair ruby enough. red. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that color was a real feat. I mean, it it pops like it yeah. catches your eye big time. Yeah. I mean, and not only Technicolor, but sequined red, you know? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most iconic artifacts in film history. Yeah. Um, um, what and those are at, where are they? The I think they're at the Smithsonian Institute, yeah, the aren't Smithsonian, they? Yeah, Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've and seen them. You in real life? I've been to, yeah, I've been to the Smithsonian Museum. I've seen the ruby red slippers worn by, uh, uh, oh my gosh, blanking on her name, Judy, uh, Judy Garland. Judy yeah. Garland. Worn by Wait, Judy Garland in the film. Where I've is also that? Seen... What do you mean? Is the Smithsonian in D.C.? Washington, D.C., uh-huh. Oh, then maybe. Oh, no, I think I have been there. And uh, I've also seen the original fedora and leather jacket worn oh. by Harrison Ford in Shh. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's so that was pretty cool, too. But uh, what else about uh, the film do we know? So uh, Hamilton, uh, you know, who played the Wicked Witch of the West, her green face paint was so toxic. I mean, believable. The things that we didn't know. You know what I mean? Oh, um, they used to go through crazy ooh. stuff in for movies. Crazy. And to think that it was green. What was the stuff that they used to put in green things? Um never mind i don't know yeah it was some kind of poison uh but it made it glow oh okay i don't know but it wasn't this it wasn't this no i don't want anything to you know be flagged uh but hamilton's green face paint was so toxic that she as well as several other actors couldn't eat once it was applied and had to subsist on a liquid diet it's just bizarre on a liquid diet via straw during the day. Uh, and also on top of this, her face stayed green for weeks after filming because of the copper based ingredients. <laughs> that's, so Jeez, that's crazy. The things oh. they do for movies. Well, and you got to think like it stayed green for weeks. Did she think this was going to be a life thing? Yeah, that's a good question. She probably was really bummed out for a long time because she thought my skin is always going to be green now. Yes, for weeks. Dang. I get a pimple for two days and I'm like, this is it. I was going to say the first day I would be like, you know, take a shower. Oh, my skin's still green. Well, you know what? I've been wearing this stuff for a while. Makes sense that my skin's green. Second day. Okay. Yeah. Getting a little... You know, once you get to day three and you're still green, I'm starting to get worried. And this lasted for weeks. (laughs) For weeks. Like, I I mean, weeks to me, three weeks, 21 days. What? Yeah. No. That crazy. Who did, did they do any, you know, where they say test on a small patch of skin first? No, that was sure they. I'm sure they didn't. It's like, hey, no. you want to be in this big movie? You want to be a big star in this big movie? You got to yeah. put on this green paint. Here's your face paint. Congratulations. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do our ratings then, unless you have anything else to add. Uh, no, I think I'm good. So yeah, let's All do right. our ratings. 
Okay, let's do our ratings. Okay, so here's the real question. Are we doing these ratings based off what we know of her from The Wizard of Oz, the film, without taking into account Wicked? No, I think you can I think we can take into account Wicked. You think so? I mean, we already said that we that it's canon. That's true. Okay. So do you want to do you want to backtrack on that? No, no. Okay. Despicable. Despicableness. Oh man. Despicable. Um I'm going to Because like like you talked about, there's, you know, the the things you have to take and the factors you have to take into account as to what motivated these things yeah, that she did. There's layers. And so that makes it, I think, a little more understandable. But she also mm-hmm. goes quite homicidal. Yeah. Towards innocent bystanders. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So I think... I'm going to give her an eight. No, I was going to give her a seven. Okay. Okay. So here's my reasoning on this, because based off everything, you know, I would rate her much lower because I can understand, you know, we do have some redemptive qualities. Um, She had a good cause, you know, originally I can't get behind setting somebody on fire. I just can't. Among other things. Yeah. She does some other things too. So yeah. 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 But you know, the whole, you know, Voldemort did it to Neville, you know, putting that hat on fire. And I just, that's just really rude. It's a, well, it's to more say than the that. Least. A, yeah. Yeah. It's a special kind of despicableness to be willing to set another living being on fire. On yeah. fire. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, redeemable. So, I know what I'm. Okay, no, yeah, okay. Again, I'm thinking about the things that she's gone through, the things that haunt her, right? The things that are sort of have driven her to this point. Yeah. Um. But where I get hung up on is. She's not the first person in history to go through difficulty. And a lot of other people made far different choices than she made. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm of the opinion that while I am empathetic, sympathetic. Okay. If if you haven't gone through something, you're empathetic. Is that correct? Sympathetic. Sympathetic. Yeah. Well, I'm sympathetic to her struggles and her trials and her tribulations. I think that she is also ultimately responsible for her own decisions. Yeah. And kind of like you mentioned, like she'd been friends with Glinda for years. Like she couldn't have a sit down and kind of talk this thing out with Glinda. No, I'm just going to go full homicidal rage monster. Yeah. Um, So redeemable from the point she's at I'm going to say, so high means not redeemable, not very redeemable. Low means redeemable. Yeah. I think I'm going to give her a nine. Whoa. What? I'm giving her a four. What? 
what? I was going to go 8.5, but then all the things that she does, I'm like, wow, she goes pretty, pretty dark. Oh, man. Pretty dark. Yeah, but I still think that, you know, there's a way in. I think there was a way in when she was a child. I think now there might not be any turning back. She's gone full. She's gone full Hannibal Lecter, Norman Bates. Man. Don't change your score. No, I have to stick to it. I have to stick to it. Okay. Okay. Four plus nine is 13 divided by two is 6.5. Okay. Yeah. Likeable. Okay. Um, I think that this is going to be the highest likability score that I give a villain we've done so far. Okay. Um, because let's face it, she's a legend. Yeah. Um. And she is, I mean, flat out one of the most iconic villains of all time. Literary, mm-hmm. film, uh, on on stage. Mm-hmm. Like she has permeated popular culture. I mean, going back to the book, she's permeated popular culture for well over a century. Well, yes. And so... I think I'm going to give likability a 9.5. Okay. Okay. I was going to give it an eight. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to divide that. (laughs) 17 and a half. Yeah. Divided by two is (laughs) 8.75. Right. Okay. There we go. Got it. Got it. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think that for me, the likability also goes into the redeemability is that when you get to know her as a character, you understand, not that it's ever okay to make those choices, but you begin to have sympathy or empathy and some kind of understanding to where it's not okay, but I get it. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah, there's you you gain more understanding the more you learn. It doesn't I make it relatability, okay. Relatability, you know? Yeah. But my big thing about the re- redeemability was redemption oh, yeah. is that it's still very much not okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> fair enough. But yeah. All right, adding those together, that's uh, 14 plus 8.75, 22.75. Wait, 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 what? Say it again. Right? 14 plus 8.75? Oh, yeah. 20, oh, yeah. okay. Ooh. Yeah, you're right. Okay, all right. All right. Dang, well, is she the lowest one so far? I think so. I think she is, yeah. I mean, I went high, but you went super low. I did. I, I kind of uh, skewed that one on redeemability. I couldn't. I mean... To be fair, I have seen Wicked on stage, you okay. know, and you just get it. Okay. Yeah. 
to okay. where here's the thing is that and we and we talk about this frequently on this podcast where you know good and bad as serious black says it's not you know death eaters and good people there's there's gray areas right and i think that that's the uh shocking realization when we learn more about villains is that no areas it's never okay but it's not black and white no i agree with that yeah yeah all right well anything else on alphaba no i don't think so i think we've covered it pretty decently yeah what about you decently in a general sense yes yeah all right. Well, uh, quick announcement, you know, for the it's currently as of this release date, December 16th. So we are taking the rest of the year off, which so- sounds long, but it's not uh, two weeks, in fact. And we'll be back in January. We will. Yeah, we're going to take some time off for the holidays, spend some time with our with our families. In fact, we're going to be coming back to California, see yes. you guys. And so yeah. we're excited about that, but yeah, we're going to take some time to be with our families during the holidays. And we hope you guys have happy holidays, a very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yes. Yes. And safe travels, all who are traveling and have a, yeah, have a great time over this holiday season. Absolutely. Uh, you can continue the journey on social media. Follow us on Instagram at the Fig Pod. You can email us all of your thoughts at thefigpod at gmail.com and answer uh, the what did you think of this episode question on Spotify, apparently. Um, yeah. And become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash the Fig Pod. And please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow so that you never miss another episode of the Fantasy in General podcast. See you next time. See you next time.